is Diagnosis Glaucoma with your hosts, Dr. Mona Colleen and Dr. Harry Quigley. Welcome everyone to episode 37 on adjunct treatments for glaucoma. And our very special guest today is Dr. Emily Shaline, who is one of our glaucoma fellows at the Wilmer Eye Institute. Emily, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Well, Dr. Kaleem, thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. I am, like you said, one of the fellows at Wilmer this year for glaucoma. And I was actually born and raised in Maryland. And I know Dr. Kaleem because I went to med school at University of Maryland. I did my residency at the University of Michigan Kellogg Eye Center. And now I'm finishing my fellowship here at the wonderful Johns Hopkins Wilmer Eye Institute. Emily, a lot of people ask me what a fellow is, so can you tell the listeners what that means? Yes, a fellow is someone who has completed an internship and also a residency in ophthalmology, so they are a comprehensive ophthalmologist, and then they choose to do an additional year of training in glaucoma to learn how to do glaucoma surgery and to really dive into the disease and become an expert. So just out of curiosity, What actually made you go into glaucoma specifically? Well, the main thing that made me go into glaucoma is just the longevity that I have with patients. So my ability to bond with them over years and years of taking care of this really long-term disease. But of course, one of my mentors is Dr. Alan Robin, who I've known for many years now. And he was someone who was instrumental in introducing me to this wonderful specialty. Now, Emily has recently written a really nice article with our glaucoma chief, Dr. Pradeep Ramalu, about alternative therapies for glaucoma. So, Emily, can you tell us about your findings? We have recently reviewed two important articles for glaucoma that are very recent. Many times as doctors, we will encounter patients who need treatment and are very motivated to do anything that will help their glaucoma, but they really have no more medical and by medical, we mean drop therapies or surgical options available. And so that's where these research studies come in. How can we help these patients when surgery and medical therapy is just not the best option? So are these the types of patients that have already had other surgeries or used medications and maybe they're just not working well enough or like people who are looking for alternative treatments? I think the best answer to all of those questions is yes. So some of these therapies are for everyone. Somebody who is in end-stage glaucoma and really does not have a lot of options left in their disease. And then also people who've just been recently diagnosed with glaucoma. And we can kind of go through which of these therapies would apply to which patients or to all patients. That article that the two of you wrote, I noticed that the first part of it talks about meditation. And in the glaucoma community, We've actually been having lots of conversations about how meditation can be beneficial for glaucoma. I attended a presentation a few years ago. We were both there, actually, the World Glaucoma Association meeting. And Dr. Tanuj Dada, who's at the All India Institute of Medical Sciences, presented his data on that. I was really fascinated by it, where he talks about meditation and what can happen with intraocular pressure and glaucoma control. So can you just kind of describe that work a bit? Absolutely. And this is really a wonderful article and a very well-written and well-designed study 
Oftentimes I'll have patients that come in and bring journal articles or bring online articles. And what this is, is a randomized controlled trial, which is really the gold standard when we're investigating new or interventional treatments. So I just wanted to bring that up for patients who are looking online or seeing things online. The fact that this is a randomized controlled trial really means it's something special and something that we should take a closer look at. When I read that study and attended the presentation, I saw that the patients were being guided through a mindfulness-based stress reduction meditation program. Emily, do you remember how many minutes per day and how often per week was the meditation practice occurring? Yes. So there were two groups. The group that did meditation had three weeks of daily 45-minute meditation sessions. So that's pretty long, you know, 45 minutes of straight meditation. And then there was a different group that just used medical therapy. And in the meditation exercise, what they did was used focused breathing to achieve conscious awareness in their body and directed attention to just try to relax and really reduce the stress response. What were some of the effects on the intraocular pressure and on, I read some work about like gene expression and inflammatory markers in the body? Yes. At the end of the study, the group that did the meditation had a significantly lower pressure than the group that just stayed on their medication. And we don't really know the exact mechanism of this, but the authors actually took a sample of the drainage mechanism in the eye later in the study, the trabecular meshwork, and they analyzed that. And what they saw was an upregulation of genes that confer neuroprotection, for example, wanting to preserve the optic nerve, and a decrease in genes that caused inflammation. And so we think that meditation has some type of neuroprotective and or anti-inflammatory effect. And in your opinion, Emily, do you think that meditation should be used in place of medications and surgery or just as an adjunct in the therapies that we already recommend for patients? That's a great question. And I don't think that we have enough information or data to be able to say that medication should be used in place of therapy. This study was only for three weeks, but most certainly this is an option that could be used as a complement or as an adjunct to current therapy. This is really a low risk and it's almost a no risk option to suggest meditation to a patient. And it can also possibly improve quality of life in addition to lowering eye pressure. So just to summarize, continue to use your medications, see your doctor, if they recommend a treatment for you like a laser or a surgery, then continue to follow instructions. But at the same time, you can help yourself by engaging in meditation. And in this study, again, it was around 45 minutes, three times a week. And it seems like in addition to helping with the glaucoma, that having a meditation practice can also improve the quality of one's life and impact their anxiety and stress. And it was really nice to see in the study that there was a change in what we call the biomarkers and the genes, the neuroprotective genes and the trabecular meshwork genes of patients who engaged in this regular meditation process. But again, as you just said, Emily, we need to get more data and to do a more longitudinal study. Absolutely. I think suggesting meditation to patients is similar to advising them to increase their level of physical activity, which has actually been shown to reduce the rate of visual field loss. 
But this is something that all patients can do, even those that are immobile or they're having trouble instilling their drops regularly. And is there a particular type of meditation that you recommend or like apps or websites that you can tell our patients about? Guided meditation, apps, websites, these are all things that patients can use. Anything that is really going to help them reduce their stress and anxiety and lead them to having a more directed attention to their body in that moment is something that's going to be helpful. So I'm actually a regular meditator myself, and I want to put in a plug for two of my favorite meditation and mindfulness coaches, Jonathan Faust and Tara Brock. They're local in the Maryland area, Maryland, Virginia area, and you can find them through podcast or just simply by doing a Google search. So again, they're people who I follow and they've really helped me in my own level of stress, anxiety, and improving my quality of life. And as many people know, I am an avid Pelotoner, and so I don't have a specific person that I follow, but I think there are some wonderful guided meditations on Peloton. The Calm app on the iPhone is also something that I've used in the past. So I think there's just so many options. This is really something that anyone can do. All right, great. So maybe we can talk now about the other part of the article where you summarize findings about something called nicotinamide. Can you tell us a little bit about what nicotinamide is first? So the second article that we talked about in our writing, myself and Dr. Romelu, is out of Columbia University, and it's another randomized controlled trial, which focuses on two supplements, nicotinamide and pyruvate. Nicotinamide is actually a slightly different chemical structure to the vitamin B3, and this is something that looks at whether patients can benefit from taking these two supplements and in what doses they may benefit from. Do you think you can explain the methods of the study and the findings a little bit more? Absolutely. Patients were asked to take increasing doses of nicotinamide and pyruvate over the course of three weeks. And what they found was that there was improvement in some visual field test locations in the group of patients that took those supplementations over the study period. And are nicotinamide and pyruvate vitamins? They are supplements. They're similar to vitamins, and they are things that you can get over the counter. Patients should understand that in order to take these, you would have to take very many pills. But the study did find that there were very few side effects. The study only described some stomach discomfort, but that was experienced by patients who both did and did not take the supplements. They're not very expensive. But one little wrinkle in this is that in the study, nicotinamide was used, which is a very slightly different structure of niacin, vitamin B3, which is much more commonly found on grocery store shelves. And if you were to take this in the recommended doses in the study, patients would have a lot of facial flushing that is often intolerable. So it's really important for them to choose the correct supplement. Right. Nicotinamide is definitely much harder to find, and vitamin B3 or niacin is much more readily available in stores. Now, if a patient wants to pick up vitamin B3 from the store, is there a particular dose that you might recommend? Well, in the study, they used increasing doses of both of the supplements from 1,000 to 3,000 milligrams 
of nicotinamide and from 1,500 to 3,000 milligrams of pyruvate that they increased stepwise over three weeks. So the maximum dose in the therapeutic dose at the end of the study was 3,000 milligrams of each supplement. Patients should keep in mind that the dosing for vitamin B3, which is niacin, is slightly different. So the maximum dose for men is 16 milligrams a day, and the maximum dose for women is 14 milligrams a day. So it's just really important to differentiate the type of supplement that was used in the study from that which is readily available over the counter. So in the study, what exactly happened? Did people's eye pressure go down? Did their vision change at all? Were these findings considered to be statistically significant? That is a great question. There were some portions of the visual field testing that improved for patients who were undergoing supplementation, but I do not feel that based on the results of these study that the degree of improvement that patients observed is likely to be meaningful. This sample size was very small and the follow-up period was very short, so it's difficult to extrapolate the duration of effect of the supplement based on this study. But we do know that this is something that is relatively safe for patients to do and may have some protective effect on visual field testing, although we can't extrapolate out because the study period was so short. I would definitely recommend that you talk to your primary care doctor and your ophthalmologist if you're thinking about trying nicotinamide, pyruvate, or vitamin B3. Absolutely. So Emily, what is your bottom line about nicotinamide? Bottom line about nicotinamide is that this is a supplement that we know is relatively safe for patients to use, and it may be an option for patients who have continued visual field progression, who are on maximum medical therapy, and who have no surgical options left to potentially stabilize their visual field with this supplementation. And what would be your summary in terms of what you tell patients about meditation? I would tell all my patients to meditate. I really think this is something that we have shown has the possibility to lower eye pressure in the short term, at least, and possibly in the long term, although more studies are needed. And it's really something that can improve the whole patient's well-being. We should put in a plug about our colleague, Dr. Elise McGlumphy, who is getting ready to do a study about meditation and glaucoma. And there are other great doctors all over, like we highlighted the work of Dr. Dada in uh, New Delhi, India. And now if patients wanna find this review article that you've written, how can they do so? This review article will be in the March and April edition of Glaucoma Today, which patients can find free of charge online. Can you also give us a copy to load on the Diagnosis Glaucoma website? Absolutely. Well, Emily, it's been a pleasure not just to have you on the podcast, but to work with you over the last year. I'm really proud of you. I know that Harry is very proud of you also. And please tell everyone how they can work with you in the future. How can they get an appointment with you? Well, first of all, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to know and to work with you over the past couple of years, and I'm so excited for the future. I will be joining a private practice in Michigan in the fall. So you can Google my name and find me in the future. I'm happy to see any patients that want to talk more about glaucoma and take wonderful care of them. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, 
Your mom says take your drops. 